This is the Horse Radio Network. Greetings, everyone. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily, episode 1344, where we learn about how to keep rodents from moving into your barn and what to do if they already have. And we'll get right to our tip after this from Wintech Saddles. You and your horse can enjoy all the benefits of a lightweight, splash-proof, durable, and easy-care Wintech saddle. Featuring world-leading innovation for your horse's comfort and performance. The Care Cushion System and the revolutionary Easy Change Fit Solution. It's easy to see that Wintech is as serious about your performance as you are. Whether simply enjoying time together with your horse or competing at any level, there's a model in the range for you. Stop by your local retailer and have a sit in a Wintech saddle or find out more about the new and improved Wintech Specialist Confirmation Saddles at WintechSaddles.us. That's WintechSaddles.us. I am so happy to invite Elaine Blickley, a lifelong equestrian and reigning competitor and the director of Horses for Clean Water. You may have stopped by her website, and it's an internationally acclaimed education program for horse owners everywhere. And she's going to be here today to help us tackle rodent control for the barn. But because as the colder temperatures come closer, it seems like every critter in town wants to move in, and we need to double down our critter control efforts. So welcome to the show, Elaine. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We're going to start out with defining what a rodent is, because one guy's pest is another guy's helpful creature. So for the purposes of this conversation, what kind of critters are we talking about that need to be evicted, and why do we want to evict them? Well, generally speaking, for horse people, it's mice and rats that are the problem. And the problem is, is that they can damage quite a bit of property uh, through gnawing and through creating holes or passageways uh, into things and through eating feed and and other products. And then also by uh, by creating a mess through their droppings and their fecal droppings, as well as through spreading diseases. Uh, different kinds of mice like deer mice uh, carry diseases that uh, can be a problem for humans. So it's just not a good idea to be living, cohabitating with, with rodents. I like, I like that cohabitating. <laughs> so you're, you're basic right. rats and you're basic right. mice. Now, yeah, and they're, they're cuter than a bug's ear as far as I'm concern, concerned. They're just really cute, and I always feel bad about kicking them out, but there's good reason for it. So let's start out with the first problem, which is ideally we don't want them to move in to begin with. So how can we discourage them moving in at all? Yeah, that's perfect place to start with. So anytime you have... Um, an unwanted animal, um, either a wanted one or an unwanted one, the way that you control them is by controlling their habitat. So that's food, water, and shelter. So you look at uh, 
what they need for and what their sources are for food, for water, and for where they want to live and breed. So for with our rodents, what they're going to want is some kind of little hidey hole place that they can hide where they can nest. Um, they're going to want a food source, which could, which could be uh, the cat food or dog food that is left out all night, or it could be spilled grain, or it could just be grain set out in a paper bag, or or even in a plastic like Rubbermaid kind of container. Um, those would be their food source, um, and then the water source would be uh, leaking water faucet or water bowl for the cat or dog. Uh, And then the nesting would be like old feed bags or old uh, or towels or rags that you've got laying around or your saddle blankets, the old ones that you've got piled up in the corner. Anything like that is going to create good habitat, uh, good food, water, and uh, breeding site or nesting site for rodents. So if we can get rid of those things and clean it up to begin with, it's gonna make a big difference as far as them even coming in. The other thing you wanna think about is closing up holes. So they say a mouse can get through a hole that's as small as a half an inch. So if you have holes into your tack room or a space underneath your tack door, like I was just noticing today in our tack room, um, anything you can do to plug those up uh, will help limit a passageway for them in in the first place. And then if you can keep things cleaned up, picked up, neat and tidy, not have trash around or towels or uh, horse blankets laying in a pile. Those those are the kind of things that they really like. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And this is a good time to, we used to call it GI the tack room in the feed room. Take it all out, pile it in the aisleway, have a pizza party. And if you have adults who prefer adult beverages, maybe some adult beverages with your pizza party. And clean right. all the nooks and crannies. And this is something I have to do frequently at uh, Horse Radio Network headquarters because our feed room and tack room are all the same room and they're just <laughs> a stall. It's not enclosed in any way, shape, or form except for a stall door. So creatures from around the universe have free access to it. So I con- I have a constant battle of keeping nature from moving into my tack room. And I made the mistake of storing away some spare tack that I don't use anymore, some saddle pads and some old halters and a couple of muzzles. And I put them in a big plastic tote, but I didn't put a lid on it. Right. Oh, yeah. Ah, big mistake. Happy home home for mice and rats, huh? Yes, they (laughs) moved in big time, and I just threw the whole thing away because they moved in, and it was kind of yucky in there because... They, yeah, they don't look clean. Yeah, they don't they don't keep their house real clean. So I just took the whole thing and threw it away. Uh, so if you're going to store away things, clean them first and put them in big plastic totes. And one of my favorite things to do to keep things from getting too gnarly in there, because you know how if it's not temperature controlled and it's inside of a plastic container, things can get a little gnarly. I have discovered the joy mm-hmm. of um, cedar chips or cedar shavings oh. or cedar. Um, it looks like sawdust, uh-huh. but it's cedar. 
and I throw a couple of handfuls mm-hmm. of that in with it, and it helps keep things from getting too awfully nasty. Or you can buy online, you can buy those little packets that help keep things dry, and you can buy them in bulk. Handy way to do it, too. So we're cleaning up now. Yeah, that's a good idea. Give mm-hmm. me an idea. I, I have a feed room. I feel like I keep my feed room pretty clean. Will mm-hmm. little tiny bits of feed, like, uh, you know, half a dozen kernels of feed spilt and piled up behind my shelf every day, is that enough to attract a mouse? Yeah, totally. Uh, don't have the statistics in front of me, but it, it's crazy how little they need to uh, survive. But, yeah, just a little bit of spilled supplements when you're measuring out their uh, vitamins and minerals in the evening time is enough to sustain a mouse. Yeah. And their uh, reproduction rate is just crazy fast. And it's, you know, you can have a pretty large colony of mice in no time with um, just starting with a couple. There you go. I I laughed the first year we were here in Florida. I got some some mice move into my feed room in the fall when it started to get chillier. And we laughed about it because they had broken into my flax seed container that I had the mice with oh, the wow. shiniest, softest coats anywhere in Florida. Yeah, totally. That's, that's <laughs> funny. Yeah, so what you want to do is put everything in metal containers. So like we, at our barn, we have garbage cans. And all my borders, we have our food uh, supplements for the horses all in garbage cans, labeled garbage cans. And then all of our borders have the same thing. They have to bring their own garbage can for their supplements. Um, plastic, they, mice and rats can still th- chew through plastic. So you want to try to avoid those or monitor them pretty carefully to make sure you're not getting anything chewing on it. And then when you do spill, clean it up. Also pick up dog and cat food. Yeah. Yeah, Right away. And pick up dog and cat food and as well as their water bowl, don't leave it out 24 seven. Otherwise it's a smorgasbord for the mice and rats. We regularly here at horse radio network headquarters there, there's a water bowl at the end of the aisleway that is left there frequently, um, sometimes for days and mm-hmm. still a time. It's just a little water bowl. And it's for one of the local dogs mm-hmm. that stops by and visits us. But I will often nice. see a raccoon sipping from that oh, when no I go way. Out in the morning. So yeah. we're, we're helping out the local rodents. Uh-huh. But, <clears throat> excuse me. Now, let's say you, uh, you, you fell off the bandwagon and you did not clean your tack and feed area early enough in the season. And you have some unwanted creatures who are moving in. What's the next? Step? Right. Well, clean up. Just backtrack and go back to what we said. Clean up. You get rid them. of all of the habitat yeah. and all the food. Okay, you've got that fixed. And then you really, the best thing is mouse traps. And I did an article for um, one of the publications I right for and I interviewed one of the leading authorities in the country on wildlife control and he told me to put out a hundred mouse traps in my tack room and bait them all but don't set them but put peanut butter in them and bait them all for a couple of days and then set them all one night and then get it clean out the mice from them the next day and then 
wait a little bit and do the same thing again. And he, I mean, he said literally like a hundred mousetraps. So that's a lot of mousetraps. How interesting. So you, what you're doing is you're letting, letting the creatures get used to the fact that they are there and that they can eat off yeah. them safely. And then it's right. like, aha, now we've got you. How, when, how successful was it? Oh, it, it definitely works. It definitely works. It, but um, you have to change things up because they're s- smarter than you'd expect and they get used to it. And, and having a lot of them is a really good idea. A lot of mouse traps. Um, yeah. And so then when you capture, when you kill the mouse, um, what I do uh, just anecdotally, I think I've trained a kestrel to come and eat them off of uh, one of my fence posts. So it's a dead mouse. I've used no poison, Um, but it could be food for a raptor. So we have a kestrel. I put it up there and it disappears in a day. I put it up on top of the fence post. Someone's eating it. Yeah, and I feel like at least the poor little, yeah, (laughs) mouse isn't going to waste. Um, I want to say that we shouldn't be using poisons. It's, they're really not a good idea. They, it's putting them into the system and it's just so likely that something else is going to eat it and end up uh, a victim of that poisoning. So it could be like kestrel every year. I have one or two kestrels that uh, uh, die on my property. I think from somebody else using mouse, or rat poison. It's really not. Or I've had dogs. Yeah. I've gone to other people's barns, not knowing that they had rat poison out and my dogs have eaten it. And then I've, uh, you know, had a quick trip to the veterinarian um, as a result. And I know of a lot of other people as well. So it's just not a good idea to be putting that poison into the system and mechanical barriers are more work for us. We end up having to see a dead mouse and, you know, we may not be too excited about that, but it's a healthier environmental outcome than using poisons. Yeah. But I have other options with that. too. So what, any other options? Yeah. yeah. Any other ones? Yeah. Well, actually, one more trap that your listeners might want to investigate. Um, if you go online, and I think you'd Google uh, mouse trap, bucket mouse trap is probably what you'd Google. And it's kind of a cool thing. It's uh, see if I can describe it. It's a you take an old bucket or an old pail, you drill a hole in it, you put a piece of rebar with a plastic sleeve around it through that hole, and then you put peanut butter on that hole, fill up the bucket with water, and the mouse walks across the rebar and the plastic sleeve to the peanut butter, and it spins and it falls into the bucket and drowns. So. Basically, you get to your choice. Do you want to drown the mice and rats, or do you want to trap them in a trap? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, cur- I'm curious, because I have come uh-huh. across many a mouse stuck inside of a feed barrel. And once they get in there, yeah. they can't get out. And I wonder, yeah. just as an experiment, if you didn't put water in the bottom and they fell down, yeah. they wouldn't be able to get back out. Yeah, and you could, uh, you could relocate them. Then you could, you could just take them the... outside of the woods and say, "There you go, dude. 
moving out. Wild mouth <laughs> relocation program. Yes, there you go. Well, excellent, the, excellent solutions there, Elaine. Now, if people have but other there's questions, another cool, oh, there's one more. Okay, there's another ahead. really cool way to uh, control mice and rats that works really well, and it's a lot of fun. And that is to invite a barn owl or and or kestrels to your property. So barn owls are excellent uh, at at hunting mice and rats and rodents. And kestrels will get um, large insects like a grasshopper all the way down to, or as well as a small mouse, or, or as well as a mouse and, and other small um, animals like that. So both of those birds adapt really well to nest boxes. So you can go to your wild bird store or you can go online and get the plans and you can build uh, a kestrel box or a barn owl, barn owl box. And both of those birds are all over North America. In fact, barn owls are on every continent in the world except for Antarctica. And they're excellent at rodent control. Wow, what a great about that? idea. Yeah, yeah. So just go get the information about them for those who want to do it, and it'll tell you which direction to point them and how high up the to point the box and how high up the box needs to be. And you just put it um, near your barn, and then they do the rest. And in fact, they work so well that in the county where I live in Idaho, the county weed and pest office will install a barn owl box on your property for a hundred dollars and then they monitor it for life to monitor it for activity so they find that barn owls do a such a good job for farmers for rodent control that they would be glad to you know subsidize the balance of the cost to get them out there what a great idea this is just chock-a-block full of great ideas to help keep your yeah. your barn pest-free in the winter and year-round. So this has been a fascinating conversation. Where can people find out more about what you do and the information and courses that you offer? So my business is Horses for Clean Water, and I teach about um, horse keeping and land management that's a sustainable approach. And that would be referring to the clean water part. So I teach about ways to manage land that's not going to cause a problem for surface water or groundwater. So things like manure management, pasture management, wildlife enhancement, chemical use reduction, water conservation, wildfire um, uh, control or uh, preparedness for horse properties. And I have a website. It's Horses for Clean Water. Uh, we also have another business. It's Sweet Pepper Ranch, and that's our horse motel and guest ranch. And we teach a lot of classes, including classes on horse keeping. And we have cowgirl retreats and a lot of other fun stuff at our place. So you can check out both those websites, Horses for Clean Water and Sweet Pepper Ranch, and get in touch with me. And I'm glad to do consultations or answer questions. And uh, we also have online online classes as well. So lots of opportunities for folks. Perfect. I will put all of those links on the show notes page at Horse Tip Daily. And thank you again, Elaine, for stopping by the show. And that wraps it up for today. 
You can find links to today's guests as well as lots more tips at horsetipdaily.com. And thank you again to Wintech Saddles for sponsoring this episode. This is Coach Jen, and I will be back again soon with another tip. But until then, go ride your horse. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements made by guests on the Horse Tip Daily. Please use your own judgment when listening to the tips on this show. <laughs>